This is my comeback story. This is my comeback story. This is Trey Lewis with Good Landing Recovery, and you're listening to The Comeback. Hey guys, we are back. I am here with my friend Woody. How are you, sir? Doing swell. Just swell. Good. I am really excited to hear your story. I am looking at you right now. You guys cannot see Woody, but he is here poised with confidence and a leader of men is a huge blessing to our organization. Um, There were days in his life that weren't as pleasant as he presents today as a story. And Woody, if you wouldn't mind, just share with us. Well, I, I, um, I grew up in Northwest Ohio out way out in farm country. Um, and, uh, I hated farming so much that I decided to enlist in the army and get shot at rather than farm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was my reasoning behind it. And I mean, you know, now to look back and all my relatives are still back there farming, I wish I'd have stayed sometimes. But yeah. no, it's, uh, the army was good to me. And I had a good childhood uh, for the most part. We were dirt poor, but everybody around us was dirt poor, so we didn't know it. And uh, um, we had all the basics and everything we needed. My, my father was... He was extremely rough on me and all his kids, you know, but he grew up during the Depression. He died with cat of nine tail whip marks on his back from Grandpa, beating him when he was a child. So, you know, all things being equal, you know, he he, he trimmed it down quite a bit from what Grandpa did. And, uh, um, but you're here later on that's one of the resentments i was carrying you know and i didn't know it for a long time but uh, no i had a good life but by the time i was 19 before i was 19 i was in vietnam for my first tour and then uh my second tour i went over again when i was 20 how long were you there um 13 14 months each time two tours in vietnam yep good night fifth special forces group and I was lucky. I never got injured. Um, there were a lot of drugs and things over there. I never never participated in the drug thing. I was a medic. And, you know, I had to be available, you know, and I couldn't have been available if I'd have been doping up or whatever. But uh, um, we, uh, our, our main goal when my first tour was we were, we were in Laos and Cambodia where we weren't supposed to be chasing Pol Pot and his and the people he was uh, was serving under him. And then the second tour, we spent um, in Cambodia and Laos getting refugees to Thailand, making safe passage for them. So, you know, it's... Um, I've seen a lot of things that I wish I would have never seen that no human should see, and but many, many do, you know. And... and uh, uh, but the Army was good to me, and... and I never had a drinking problem or substance abuse problem the whole time I was in the military. Mm. Sure, I drank socially, but I never even kept a beer or liquor around the house. Uh, PTSD didn't didn't uh, didn't think I had it. No signs of it. Um, that didn't manifest itself till later in life. But I worked extremely hard and uh, made rank and. Uh, um, my last deployment was Desert Storm, uh, where I uh, took over a 750-bed field medical hospital, 
and responsible for 3,000 people that ran the hospital. And uh, uh, Troy's Air Force took us over there. <laughs> and But uh, um, as it turned out, there was much to do about nothing. Uh, wasn't involved in any of the action over there. But um, I retired in 1996 from the Army and uh, developed a pretty good, pretty decent civilian career. I was... Um, I started out, and I did get educated in biomedical electronics in the military before I left. Um, so I was an, also a physician's assistant and a biomedical electronics technician. And I was on the ground floor of many, many of the uh, diagnostic ultrasound developments and, and, and uh, um, equipment changes and so on and so forth. And... Uh, um, a lot of people don't really understand diagnostic ultrasound, but um, I was on the ground floor and, and helped design the first 3D ultrasound, which gives the baby's first real image of the baby's face for parents. Yeah, I've seen this. Cool. Yeah. And uh, um, worked very, very hard at that. Um, due to company reorganization, um, I lost my job there. It happens. And uh, so I started a consulting business and was uh, fairly successful at that and making high three-figure income doing consulting work from home, which would later turn out to be my, one of my nemesis. But um, that's when my marriage started going south. And um, my wife was cheating on me. I took her back. Three times, because that's what the pastor told me I should do. And uh, I know I should have changed pastors. But uh, <laughs> but uh, the, fourth, <laughs> the fourth time she cheated, she ran off with the pastor who was giving us marriage counseling. No, the same guy that said keeper. Yeah. He was the fourth. Yeah. Wow. So they emptied my bank account and... and uh, uh, got into my retirement and everything, 401k, and uh, they left. Well, needless to say, I had four teenage boys to raise. They feel like you owed some ties? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> laid on some ties. But I just, I can't even you know, get my mind around. You and I, we've talked about this a little bit before, but to, to watch a, a spiritual leader giving counsel to be the one to run off, you know, then obviously to get into your finances. And then you were saying with, you know, raising children. So they so left all the children with you. Yeah, she just took off, left all the children with me. And uh, um, it, was, it was tough mentally and emotionally. I was busy getting the, the boys uh, counseling um, because, you know, they felt terribly rejected by their mother and uh, were having trouble emotionally with that. And then the baseball games, the soccer games, and, and you know, I always helped coach and what have you. Um, you know, so I was one busy puppy, and I didn't have time. I didn't have time to take care of myself, or I thought I didn't have time to take care of myself. I wasn't looking at my needs. And... Um, um, I could bury my needs very easily with a couple drinks at night. 
my anxiety and so on and so forth, you know. And then, and um, I kept controlling it. I was white knuckling it, and uh, I wanted to drink more, but I didn't uh, for for a long time till my youngest son graduated from high school, and then I was off to the races. Um, I was drinking at, at the end. I was drinking a, a handle and a half a day very easily, and still walking around. Um, and it was all I had built up all these resentments, and the PTSD was kicking me in the butt. Um, wasn't getting good service from the VA. You know, I'd go in there and, and complain about the PTSD and what have you, and and they would um, throw a bunch of pills at me and tell me come back in six months. And there was no uh, emotional support, mental health counseling, anything like that. And, of course, I just wrote it off as, look, they're extremely busy because they got all these guys from, from Iraq and Afghanistan coming back now, and they're totally over, the mental health system's totally overwhelmed. And they were, they still are. But, once again, I put myself aside, put my own needs aside for other people. And that was always been a common thing for me. I was always the answer guy for everybody. But... Later on in life, I learned that um, being a people person isn't necessarily a real good thing mm -hmm. because people will suck the energy out of you and you get nothing in return usually. So when you're looking for something in return, it's not there. And then you're angry. You're full of resentment. And, and uh, um it was hard for me to quit doing for people, and, but I, through counseling and everything and being here, I learned I had to. I mean, there's ways of giving support to people without laying everything on the line for you. And resentments, resentments were my biggest enemy. I had so many resentments and didn't really realize what the resentments were, were doing to me. I mean, I was, I was one angry man. You couldn't tell it by talking to me. You couldn't tell it by looking at me. But deep and mostly inside, I was one angry man. And it, and it led me into attempted suicide. And I was angry at God. I always knew there was a God, but I was angry at God. And I don't tell this story to too many people, but the day I uh, cut my wrist up, Satan was sitting right next to me. It was dark, and he was saying, do it, do it, do it, you know? And you can't tell me it wasn't Satan or one of his minions sitting next to me. And, and um, um, once again, I was still angry at God. I mean, how could he let all this happen to me? How could he let all this happen to me, you know, because um, I was a good person. But it wasn't until um, I got with AA and then later on here that I learned I needed to let those resentments go. And a lot of people say, well, how do you let those resentments go? And you just have to find a way to do it. It's a lot of prayer and meditation. And the hardest thing I ever did was go back to my ex-wife and we had to meet for her to sign some papers and what have you. 
And I looked at her and I said, look, I forgive you or please forgive me for whatever part in this divorce that I caused. And it was amazing. Instant freedom. Instant freedom. The anger was gone from my heart. She looked at me and laughed at me and left, but it didn't make a difference. You know? That's so good. I want to stop right there, too, because, you know, you hear these stories so often, and somebody takes the the step of faith and does what, what, what you just talked about, and usually there's tears, there's reciprocity, there's, you know, this response that would be kind of made for a movie. And and it's not always that way. Right. I remember when I made my very first amends and they told me to get out of their jewelry store, you know, and then here, you know, you are, you know, walking through this progress and, 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 and a lady's laughing at you probably is as bad of a response as you could get, but yet you still took care of your side of the street and then walked in real freedom. Yeah, and it was that freedom that I learned. I mean, I still had a lot of amends to make. Oh my gosh! I was a miserable drunk, you know, and and and, and uh, uh, some of my family is still angry at me, but it's on their time, you know, not my time. But um, a lot of amends to make, but for some reason, I tackled the hardest one first, which turned out to be the best one overall. And and uh, um, you know, it's through AA. And, and I'm not a big AA book thumper, but through AA, it's one the first time in my life I developed my own personal spiritual connection with God. I didn't know what that was like. I mean, I was always in church. I took kids to church. I taught Sunday school. I was a deacon. Um, but I never had a personal spiritual connection with God. And it's just been amazing really amazing and and uh of course everybody's connection is is different but god now guides me he guides me he guides you know and and i never had a white light moment everybody's talking about these white light moments yeah i have little white light moments all day every day yeah it's good and and uh um you know a lot of it's just my conscience say, well, no, that shouldn't be. Or that's wrong. You know, it, lots of little mini white light moments. And, uh, um, you know, I used to get angry in traffic when people honked at me. Now I wave at them. Amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm listening right now. You have my attention. I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just that freedom, though, just the freedom that you're talking about, the promises, this life that, I mean, we're all looking for. I mean, everybody that's going to be listening to this, that, you know, especially those of us that have battled addiction or battling addiction, to listen and to think that all of these outside circumstances don't dictate your life. And then when I think about you, I mean, you're, you're here, you know, really in a, in a Christian environment, still go to church, love the Lord, let God lead your life, when really somebody like you has every, I mean, I, I mean, I hear some bizarre reasons of why people are mad at God. I think if there's anybody that ever had one to say, this, this is why I'm not going to, 
you know, trust those church people or Christians or whatever. You've got it, but yet you're healed from it. You're in complete freedom. I don't see anything in your eyes. I don't see anything that shows a, a remnant of bondage in your in total freedom. And what you're saying here today is not this is this this is this is not like there's like I watch you live your life. I watch you underneath stress, and there's no contradiction, and it's it's remarkable. Well, and and um, one thing everybody has to realize, and I, I didn't tell you that the church I was going to asked me to take my kids and, and go elsewhere. You know, they just completely dumped on me, and I took all my support right out from under me what I had, but. Once I developed that spiritual connection with God, I was able to realize, well, the church is the people. It's not God. It's the people. And they're a bunch of sinners in different levels of growth, what have you. And they're right where they belong, but it was the people that harmed me. It wasn't God. It wasn't God at all. And so much of what I was blaming on God, I stepped into myself. I caused it. So there's no more of this God caused, caused this to happen. Yeah, that's good. If something happens, I go back and reflect upon why it happened. Yeah. I want to shift gears just for a second. I mean, you're somebody that, you know, left from a small farming community we get so much. I mean, you're walking in freedom right now. I think you gave some real insight into dealing with resentments and a lot of those things that keep us in bondage. Um, you uh, went to the Army, finished there um, as a first sergeant, 27 years, I believe, in the years, Army. Yes. Two tours of duty and one of the bloodiest wars ever, you know, of just what the trauma that people come out of, um, you know, anything that you think about associated with Vietnam is, is major trauma and just the hell that you guys experienced over there came out, um, ultimately ended up starting your own business um, that you said would, would, would eventually be your nemesis or your part of your demise. Oh, yeah, I didn't talk about that. But, but, but here's the deal. You, you're very accomplished. Um, I mean, you got a lot of young guys on the front end of this journey, a lot of guys that addiction has stolen so much from, from, from their life, and they're looking to really take their life to the next level. What, what, what does that look like? It's got to be with the Lord. I mean, that is the fundamental grounding of everything that we have to do here. You know, without the Lord, everything else Without God, everything else is just minutia. You know, I can go down the street to some other program and get some quasi-counseling and what have you, but, you know, it's it's all been such a spiritual connection for me ever since the day I walked in. For God's sake, my, my counselor and I used to sit and pray for 20 minutes of our session. Huh. And, and... It, the whole Christ-centered thing is working, and it's working well here. Can I force the people to pick up on it? No. But I can be there and available for when they're struggling and when they're trying. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what I've accomplished in life. Now I'm at the stage where I just want to give back. I want to help somebody. Yeah, and I see you do that constantly in humility. I could just sit here and listen to you for hours I think we need to have you back on here quick to 
just hear you teach. I don't. I don't even want to hear myself talk. <laughs> Definitely need to get you up there on a on a Friday night at Recovery Church. I can do her. Yep, I know you can. I can see that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, and my pleasure. Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to serve you. If you or someone in your family is struggling with addiction, please give us a call. It's 770-570-7422.